my mum went, and I was like, can you get me some ramen? She went, and she got me like, she did get me some ramen, but bless it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the fat bricks of ramen. She got like this soup stuff, which was nice, but it wasn't what I wanted. And she was like, there's literally none in Morrison's. So I went to Sainsbury's the other day. And I literally couldn't find any except for like high-end kits. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to like have a kit which I pay £3.50. I just want like a brick of noodles with some like powder, you know. You want that lifestyle back, that's what you're after. So yeah, I've just that's why I ordered thirty bricks of a uh, ramen off uh, of Amazon. Yeah, I bought that. El- well, I bought that game capture thing to start streaming. It didn't fucking work, did it? So was it actually an Elgato gaming capture? No, it was a different. It was different make, but I suppose to anyone who's hearing me mention the Elgato gaming capture and thinks, "Why have I got a sponsorship deal with them?" Now, basically, back in the day when KSI used to do top five FIFA goals of the week, that always used to be the prize. It was just class. Never won one, largely because I'm whack at FIFA. But, yeah. Any of you boys ever go in for any of those YouTube competitions many years ago? No. Uh, nah. <laughs> more self-respect than me, did you? I don't know. I, I've only got into big YouTube, like, recently. But then you'll start, you want to start, like, streaming still, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to see how that goes. Like, I still I haven't touched it for a while. I've just been, like, sweating Skyrim, you know? Because it's so good, like... Fucking love it. Skyrim's a class game. It, it just, it just all of them are, are meant, in my opinion. You know, it's just like it's just so weird. Like I didn't think it was that big a game. People are still playing it, but like the past couple of weeks, it's still popping up on like the front page UK Reddit, like posts on the Skyrim Reddit, and it's like there's a million people in the Skyrim Reddit. Reddit. Really? That's a, yeah. I mean, that's quite impressive for a Reddit. Yeah, it is. And then like. I guess the guy uh, Christopher Palmer died, and he does the voice for one of the uh, the guys in Skyrim. The um, R- is it Argia, the guy who um, the guy at High Rothgar, who the main wizard who teaches you how to use the dragon, the um, the fucking shouts and that. Oh yeah, the so guy with the beard. Made a resurgence because of that. Uh, no, because I saw I saw things on the front page before that. To be fair, like, but yeah, it's so good. It's so so much depth, and it's just like. Like yeah, I have frustrating moments on it, but you can just go and explore and just fucking do do whatever you want really. And it's like you could do do it in whatever order because it scales difficulty with like your character's um character's level pretty much. Yeah. Now that was always a class feature of the game, to be fair. It just it just shows though, a lot of people write off games just because they're a bit old. But I mean, mainly now because of because ta- I don't spend as much time playing games. Largely, I'm a, I'll either be playing FIFA or I'll be playing Call of Duty, really. But thinking back, there were so many good games that I should retry. I want to replay um, Simpsons Hit and Run, because that used to yeah. just... Yeah, favorite. that's the last game. I would pay handsomely for somebody to remaster that game, but like join the whole map together so you could do the whole... Like the Lisa level and like the Bart level and the, the Homer ones and just be able to go through all of that. Fucking hell, I would pay a lot of money for that. It could easily be like 50, 60 quid and people would buy it. Mm-hmm. I think it could charge more. I reckon people would pay 70 quid for that game. No, there's no games that are like 70 quid, is there really? Yeah, but I think to remaster it in the right way, they'd have to spend a lot of time doing it. And it would be like bringing out a full new game. And I feel like Simpsons fans, for a good product, would quite happily pay for that. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I guess it's property. It's property of Disney now, so. Yes, they're never going to do it. 
they booked up EA's ideas when they came up with shit Battlefront, so... That's another game I've got at the moment. What, the original or the see, the um, the new ones? Obviously, I've played both the original Star Wars Battlefronts, but Star Wars Battlefront 2, I've still got an Xbox 360. Well, I say mm-hmm. I have. My brother's got it, because um, we used to share games, so just that, that's gone to him now. Mm-hmm. I'm playing the the new Star Wars Battlefront 2, and to be yeah. fair, it is a really easy to play game. Like you can sit down there and enjoy playing it, and it just it's yeah. simple. It works. It's good. It, it's a half decent game, but it isn't Star Wars Battlefront Two. I know. I can understand why. Like, it doesn't have as much content as like the first one. Like, the first because the first one had like the fucking story mode, and you had all the maps. Like, you could just play whatever, and then it also had like the Galactic Conquest mode as well, and it was like had so many different modes. Whereas the new one. Obviously, doesn't have any maps because the amount of data that goes into and like time that goes into producing like one map now. I mean, it was probably the same back then, but the da- the data they were handling with was so was so much smaller that they could like cram it all together. Whereas now, like a map will be a couple of be a gigabyte or so or something like that. So, and you look at the graphics quality now compared to then. And when you're playing a, a, an old game when it first comes out, you think this is amazing it's revolutionary but then looking back the old star wars battlefront 2 graphics were so so crusty yeah they were the new one looks a lot cleaner yeah it does i mean it's no comparison really it doesn't play like like uh, csgo or it doesn't or um call of duty it's a bit slower than that but it's still pretty good like it's uh it added it's added the features that that you want in Battlefront, like I, like in the original Battlefront, I always wanted something like a, a a melee option. So if I was close to someone, I could just like knock them out on that instead of trying yeah. to shoot them. Because that that was one of the things that the first one was definitely missing. I think. I mean, to be fair, I actually think that the the depth of character that you can use in the new games is better. That yeah, like you have okay. distinguishable characters. Whereas I know there were different classes in the first one, but. It was very much you can play as this one or this one or this one. There you go. Whereas now you can tweak your class a lot more, and I like yeah. that customization aspect. There's a lot more customization on the guns and that, in there. So it's not, yeah, it's not as samey as the first one. Like, but I think that was, I think that just shows trends. Like a lot of the, a lot of early shooters just have like set classes, and they don't they don't really go into the like sort of gun customization at all, really. Yeah, I don't know whether that was ever a thing. Like you say. A few years ago, I, I'd be interested to know at what point sort of high-level customization started becoming possible. Because I suppose back in the day, you used to bring out a game, and I mean, for starters, there was never any DLC, so you got the game, and the game yeah. is what it was. Whereas now, the ability to go, okay, well, here's what you're going to get, here's what we can continue to bring you, and also within that, you've got all these options to change how your experience is. I just like you say, it's about data, isn't it? That yeah. becomes more possible now, but at the expense of other aspects of the game, yeah. I suppose. Like one of the main things, like a lot of early games had to like sort of bend to the to the requirements to the system requirements, if you get me. So they made, I think they made things run a lot more efficient because they had to set it. They had to like set it in a certain data data work limit. Or they had to they had to set it to a certain amount of like power for the system, whereas now people have like these absolute mega rigs which like can with like one like 
four terabytes of storage and have 64 RAM. So they don't they don't have to like do that. They don't have to streamline it that much. They just they can just whack it on like a huge huge fucking like file. Like like COD Warzone is like a hundred like over a hundred gigabytes, which is like insane. Oh, really, stop. Don't stupid. Even. And there's like always upgrades for it as well. It takes the piss, really. Well, it completely filled my PlayStation. So what one of my mates has just bought. Like I don't know what it's actually called, but basically an external storage mm-hmm. thing where he's got however many gigabytes more storage, and it costs him like thirty five quid. I just think I'm going to have to get one of those because even yeah. though life with hackers, I've had to take it off my PlayStation because I've got FIFA because pro clubs. Mm. I've got the new Call of Duty because I I've got to be able to play zombies, and um, I've got Star Wars Battlefront two. I think there might be one more. I think I, I think I've got um. They've got Valhalla on when I when I lend my brother the PS4 because he's yeah. not got a PS4. So, but he has got the game. So sometimes we just allow him the console. Did your mum ring up and say your brother? Is your brother's turn on the console now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. To to be fair, we're quite amicable about it because the only time I'll really play is sometimes in the evening, but mainly at weekends. So during the week, it makes more sense if when my brother yeah. fancies it for a bit, he just has it. And I can live without that for a bit. It's all good. I do think actually, at some point, we should do an episode on on gaming of some way. There must be there must be some theories and like Easter eggs and stuff we can discuss about games. Because I, I don't know, I'm not in any way good at games or a particular expert in them, but I do quite enjoy reading stuff about them and like talking yeah. about them and all that. I mean, that's pet pets cop, but that's been like done to shit really. So, hmm. don't know. There are there are some things on youtube i have seen like to do with like um games especially like old games like i think there's a lot of like dark stuff to do with like the mario 64 like there's a lot of like stuff to do with that but there we go something to do so yeah alex how are you not too bad to be honest i've just been really really bored recently has been pretty boring hasn't it there's absolutely sod all to do. So I work, I stay in the room that I've just worked in. I go on Xbox, and that's pretty much it at the minute. Yeah, man. I mean, that's pretty similar. Like to me, just like I just wake up, go on my computer, fucking sweat Skyrim for a couple of hours. And the weather's been so shit this week as well. It's been awful. Yeah. Like, I mean, just as you say that the weather's been shit, I've literally just noticed out my window that it's beginning to snow. And uh, a, a couple Fuck of off. weeks ago... Fuck off. I'm so fed up of snow. This is the thing. I love snow, but a couple of weeks ago, we had a really heavy snowfall, and getting to work was absolutely hanging. What should have been a 30-minute journey took me an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I was just crawling along what I can only describe as an ice sheet. Because the main roads to where I work just hadn't been gritted at all. I don't know why, because the night before, we legitimately had about 8 to 10 inches of snow, which is quite a lot for around here. I can't remember the last time that I've been around that much snow. So it's not exactly like the gritters didn't get a heads up that they might be needed. They just didn't bother. So I was there skating to work. And yeah, Laurie tried to end me on a couple of occasions, but survived. So all good there. It's better be um, proper snowy this weekend. Like we just had a piss ton of rain. Like 
It's been so wet the past, like it's like literally rained the last two, three days at least. And what family's been like, oh, we're going to go out for a walk. And I'm like, well, I'm not coming. I'm not going out and just getting piss wet. And they come back soaked. And I'm just like, what was that? Yeah. Fuck that. It's supposed to snow here tomorrow. And I think people are buzzing because it's not actually snowing here yet. But obviously I've been like the last month back up north. Yeah. Where it's just consistently snowed for like the last month. So I'm just mm-hmm. so sick of it. I think... It's it's always nice as a novelty for me when we get snow because obviously when we were in Lancaster, I seemed to miss every time it snowed back here, and then when I was back here, it would snow in Lancaster. So by pure pot luck, I've not really had any snow of a good amount mm-hmm. for like the last three or four years. So I mean, I, I'm not going to complain if it will if it will give us a, f- a few days in the snow. Hmm. I think. I think we're gonna in the coming years we're gonna have more snow because what if you have a look at the um, the models the climate models the polar the polar circulation basically the wind that goes around the North Pole has been completely obliterated and has completely like shut down so like that's why we're getting all this cold air coming our way and it's ultimately to do with climate change so, so what you're we're telling gonna... me is that global warming's a myth no it's like it's global cold, warming's though. Global warming is going to promote more extreme weather. It's not just it's not just like going to increase the temperatures in summer. It's going to create more extreme events in the winter as well, which a lot of people don't really realize. I think. Yeah, because calling it global warming is a fucking dumb name, isn't it? Really? Yeah, exactly. The thing is, if you call it climate change, people don't really listen because it's like, well, one day it rained, one day it was snowy. That's climate change. You're like, well, that's not the point. Yeah, but the climate changed millions of years ago. <sighs> I know. Yeah. I know. And yeah, and most of the life still got wiped out at that same point. So it's like the thing is, it's like when you find people who, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be skeptical about what you hear, generally speaking. But there are there are world-renowned scientists that are like top of their field, telling us that something is happening, and then there's some poor woman called Tracy living in the south of of America who goes, oh, look, I've found something on Facebook that all these scientists have overlooked. Lucky me, climate change doesn't exist. And it's like, well, that's not the point. What what makes you think that the one thing you found on Facebook that has been passed around the WI group is any more valid than these these scientists' years and years of training? It's it's all because it's uh, it's bad for business. That's the only reason. Like, Because... Well, I mean, the thing is, like, if you look at, like, like there's been people trying to sue, like, Joe Biden because he's come in and he's done all these executive orders, which are meant for, which are quite positive for the environment. People want to sue him because they're going to lose money for it. But the thing is, like, if you look at, it's like people use the economy as, like, a sort of thermostat for how well people are doing. So if it's going, they don't care how much it is. They just care if it's going up or down. They care on growth or shrinking pretty much. And that, as a vector, is stupid because it sort of implies that if we're going to keep going, if the economy is going to keep increasing, increasing, it implies that the Earth's resources are infinite, really. When they're not, they're they're very much they're very much finite, and we're going to come to a point where, like, we're going to use up most of the world's resources. I mean, we can't keep creating like converting land to fields for cows and stuff like that, and we can't keep digging oil wells like. It's just not the same. It just doesn't work. 
just won't work. And it's it. I think there needs to be like some huge societal reform in the next ten years to suggest to um, promote that. Like having a good economy isn't like the big the be all and end all. You know, like it's not all about growing the economy. Like so many, you've just been told that by the people high up. As it's a, as they use it as a vector for success, pretty much in a com, in a in a country. I do think though, there's, there's an element of balance because what you're saying is absolutely right. That, that the Earth's resources aren't aren't infinite, so you can't say, oh well, growth in perpetuity is the ideal scenario because eventually, you you'll hit a point where you can't grow anymore with what you have. So, you have there has to be an element of okay, yes, the the economy is important, but also we've got to look after the planet because yeah. the thing I keep coming back to, and I am a rampant defender of of capitalism and sort of growth and business and entrepreneurship, all that sort of stuff. But I keep coming back to the idea that if you don't have a planet, none of that actually matters because it's all well, it's all well and good wanting to wanting to make money, and that's that's fantastic, and mm-hmm. I, I respect that. But you can't make money if there's nobody to make money off and nothing to make money with. Yeah. So that, that has to come a point where you look for balance between the two because they, mm-hmm. they don't work against each other. They just work against each other in current systems. Mm-hmm. You can have both a good economy and a strong environment. Yeah. But there's just there's guess, a lack of willingness from some people. Isn't yeah. There? Yeah, there really is. It's like the people... Oil, it's because oil rules everything at the minute, and they're they're just realizing that they're going to be losing a shit ton of money in the upcoming years. I mean, it's not just the environment. I mean, the the population, the, in, the increase of population is decreasing as well, and you can't expect that population is going to increase in the same amount. And that's why, like in in countries like Japan and Italy, you're getting all these like huge dependent like populations, which are which are elderly and you're you're ending up with less um less workers being able to account for them pretty much well it's why things like the this is actually i, I always used to love this part of human geography when i learned about it at school because obviously the uk has got an aging population as well mm-hmm. um and it's why our pension systems are being stretched that more and more people are living longer and part of the reason why pension systems were more successful I mean, this is this is greatly ignoring new some nuance in this argument, but one of the key reasons why pensions were more successful for people many years ago is that people weren't living as long, so they weren't taking mm-hmm. as much money, and more to the point, not many people were living to be able to take out much money. So you kind of get to the point where if people live forever and ever, then you've got to have a rethink about how you you support them. Yeah. Like the, the that, thing that's is, that's another episode in itself, though. That is, yeah. I mean, like anecdotally, we, I was actually talking about this with my mum recently because she's gonna she's gonna be turning sixty next year. And if you go back like 10, 20 years, her her mum was retired by that age, pretty much. Whereas now she's gonna be working until she's almost seventy before before she's gonna have any chance of retiring, really. So, mm. and that and like the thing with the pension is, uh, I didn't I learned this um, at uni as well, like. Thing with pensioners, a lot of the pensions are held by, like I don't know about other countries, but in the UK, a lot of the pensions are held by big oil firms. Anyway, a lot of the public sector um, pensions are held by oil firms. Anyway, like BP and Shell and that. So, I think it's just a a realization that to save the planet, you have to 
that your kids are not going to be earning as much money as you are, if you get me, at the minute? Mm, I, th- I, think, I think that generations to come will earn more raw money than we will. I don't think that the environment will impact that if they make the smart decisions to change how they make that money. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you're telling me that the same money couldn't be made off renewable energy as fossil fuels, I don't agree with that. But it costs so much to get that started up and to mm-hmm. make that transfer because there's so many jobs yeah. involved. Because this is one of the big arguments against the, the Green New Deal in America, that there's so many jobs. We're not talking a small portion. We're talking millions of jobs tied up in fossil fuel-based industries that you can't just say we can't do this anymore because the amount of people who would be plunged into poverty because of that is astronomical. It's it's horrifying to think of. So there is a legitimate argument from that that you can't just do everything with a, with a click of your fingers, Thanos style. But... Yeah, I guess, like, the thing is, like, the economic... Uh impact of that is very real but it's also it it's i mean if you look in the long run it's much less than having a degraded environment where you're having all these huge um huge natural disasters all the time and people having to move house and like migration and the world getting hotter and stuff like that and i guess and i yeah there's loads there's so much innovation in the great in green green areas coming up i think Oh, there was something else I was going to say, but I got, I got, it's, it's totally skipped my mind. It's right. It'll come back to you. It'll come back to you. I'll come back. Fuck. I'll tell you, what, uh, tell you what won't come back if global warming accelerates too much. Ice caps. Tell you what ice is similar to. Snow. I'll tell you where you find snow. Mount Everest. Well, the thing, the thing with Mount Everest is that uh, the snow line's going up and up, so there's a lot more meltwater and there's a lot less snow on Everest than there was or ever has been. So well, I guess that's a good link. There we go. To our topic. So that, that link was absolutely <laughs> superb. <laughs> Welcome back. Top five links of we all do. time. I still I still want um two things I want on a t shirt for where's Johnny? Um We've we've got completely sidetracked, and it's another cog. It's another cog in the ever turning wheel. I actually, I actually would buy a t shirt with that on. That'd be fucking sick. Anyway, so yeah, Mount Everest is our uh, it's our topic today because there's a very interesting mystery surrounding Mount Everest. But before we get onto that, I think we're just going to talk about Mount Everest in particular because I mean it's the highest mountain in the world. Pretty big from sea level. Yes, yeah, so that's true. I mean, it's that it's. Over eight thousand meters tall. Uh, it was only ascended in the nineteen fifties, so we know. But we'll come on to that. And I understand uh, you have a few facts for us, Hilton, about Mount Everest. I do indeed. The first one is going to shake you to your core. It horrified both me and Walker when we were talking about it moments before the podcast began recording. It's not actually pronounced Everest, or even Everest. Mount Everest is apparently supposed to be pronounced Mount Eve Wrist, as in. Don't like it. I don't like it any more than you do, but apparently. Don't like it, and I'm not going to say it, and you can't make me. I can't make you. So, is that the original pronunciation in like uh, Tibetan or Nepalese? 
Oh, it's actually the pronunciation of the name of the man who Mount Everest was was named after. I won't be calling it Everest throughout the whole of this podcast. I can only see complaints coming from that. You'll be you'll be catching his hands if you do. <laughs> Left, right, good night. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um Sir George Everest who mm-hmm. actually had the mountain named after him because he was the Surveyor General of India. Before him, it was just known as Peak 15, which sounds like the England rugby team from their game against Scotland. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> I think I good prefer look. Peak 15. Well, it's just down as Peak XV as well, so it really does sound a bit grungy. Well, the thing is, like the second highest mountain K, is called K2. I mean... What's wrong with K1? Where was K1? That's the thing. Where's <laughs> K1? Why, why is there a sequel? Is K2 the Empire Strikes Back of K1? Or is it the Attack of the Clones? Because one of them was a very good film and one of them was not. Well, if you go from like mountaineering perspective, K2, even though it's the second highest mountain, I think is a lot harder to climb than Everest, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure why. I haven't really done much research on K2, but only just recently have... It was only news a couple of weeks ago that the, it was the first time that a mountaineering group had summited K2 in the winter. So, I mean, that just goes to show how hard it is to climb K2, or even Everest. But I guess that's one of the main things that I want to talk about Everest is because, like, climbing Everest has become... I wouldn't say, like 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 mainstream it's not something that anyone would do but a lot more people are climbing everest than have ever done in the past you know and it's become like piece of piss yeah like people that's i guess that's one of the things like people think it's a piece of piss when it's actually not really the thing is though do you know how much money it costs to to climb mount everest like because interestingly enough my interesting facts do um Apparently, the average cost, depending on the level of support required to be able to climb Mount Everest, is sixty-seven thousand US dollars. It's an insane amount, really. You you can even pay as much as one hundred and ten thousand US dollars to do what's called a flash expedition, which is basically where you stay in altitude simulation tents beforehand, so that takes away the need to do a whole lot of the acclimata- acclimatization mm-hmm. stage. So it reduces the time that you would take to climb the mountain like drastically from about six weeks to 21 days. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to keep going up and down, do you? Yes, exactly. You get a Sherpas to do that. That's why and they get treated like shit. That's one of the, that's one of the other things that exploits the Sherpas. So the Sherpas are the, the, um, the people who work and live around Mount Everest and carry, basically carry all the gear up, up the mountains. And they, I think they get a, a pretty shit deal from what i've heard like they don't really get to see much of that money a lot of that money just goes to like the companies offering it but they have gone on strike on a couple of occasions i think the thing is what you're going to do if they go on strike it's not like you can just go oh, all right we'll go up without them imagine yeah. getting lost on mount everest you'd be fucked man like it's it's such a i don't know like people think like obviously like if you're paying that much it's open to so many like rich people I'm looking at uh, the Wikipedia actually here, and it does say like K2 is much more dangerous to climb than Everest, and even Mont Mont Blanc Mont Blanc has more deaths deaths than Everest. But... Well, the death rate on Everest is not actually very high. 
It's, it's only around 3%, which means if the three of us all did it, it's unlikely that we'd do more than Dodsy lose a finger. I, I still wouldn't want to do it, I guess, because, I mean, the death rate's quite low, but one of the one of the major things that people don't realise is if you die on Everest, your body is pretty much left there. Oh, there's the... Is it Rainbow Valley or something there is? Yes. So, like, there's a, there's a whole valley on um, on Everest where... It's just a whole load of dead bodies, and it's called Rainbow Valley because of all the fluorescent hiking equipment that these bodies are wearing, and that uh, creates a rainbow across the across the valley valleyscape. Really, it's a grim thought, that isn't it? it Imagine is. climbing up and then just finding a human calipo just chilling up there. And like one of the other things is the amount of people that do it; they leave so much waste around. And like, yeah, I'm talking about like tents and backpack, well, tents and like hiking equipment and stuff like that. But I'm also talking about human waste. So if you think you have to think about all the, because so, basically, if you're up there and you're doing you're doing a climb, just you just have to shit wherever you want or wherever you can, really. And there's basically been 62 years of shit on that mountain. And if you think like, like quite a few people are going up there, like maybe like a couple hundred every year and they're shitting all over the place and that's happening for like the past, I don't know, 40 years, 40 years. There's going to be a lot of shit around. So yeah, there's actually, every, Mount Everest is covered in shit and dead bodies. I mean, that, I had never thought of the, of the human waste element of that, but I suppose... It's not like there's going to be a random portaloo up there, no. is there? So... No. I mean, it says here that as much as 26,500 pounds of human excrement are left on the mountain each season. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so much poo. <laughs> that is absolutely grim. That is it's like your room after a night out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, little in-joke there. It says here that... There's... Every south side is pretty much a minefield of human excrement. <laughs> is that a title? A minefield of human excrement? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Season two gets off with a bang. I suppose oh, man. the good thing is at least it'll decompose. Like it doesn't just stay in that forever. Yeah, but it's. I guess it it's so free? cold. It's so cold up there that it's not. I don't think it would decompose, like because it's just all rock. There's no like, it's just rock and ice, and because it's, it's so cold, I don't think I don't think it will decompose like it would at like sea level. It's just frozen shit, then. Yeah, and as I said before, the snow's melting, so literally it's going to reveal all this frozen shit, basically. <laughs> I'm just googling whether or not human excrement freezes. It probably does. No dog poo does. The top comment was poo does freeze. Look for Alaskan pipeline on Google. I'll oh no! no. <laughs> you not know about that. Uh, well, I did, but it didn't occur to me. So uh, yes, <laughs> poo does freeze. An Alaskan pipeline. That's it's disgusting. It's like the swamps of Jacobar. Do you not know what an Alaskan pipeline is? No. So basically, an Alaskan pipeline is, from what I understand, is you get a condom. And you shit in the condom, and then you tie it up, and you put it in the freezer, and you freeze the shit, and then you use the fr- you take it out of the freezer once it's frozen, and use it as a dildo, basically. 
I know that as space dogging. <laughs> I don't know space why dogging. I it's called that, but it's called space dogging. That is absolute smut. That is it's horrible. Awful. It'd be interesting to see whether that makes the final cut. <laughs> I think it will, because it's, it's fucking hilarious, that. I think it does have to, doesn't it? It does. It's, it's not exactly... I mean, we are, we are rated explicit. Oh, we? Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving from, on how how do you move on from that? Way. We don't have any links. Just, I mean, a lot of people accredit Edmund Hillary and uh, Sherpa Tenzing as being the first people to ascend Everest in 1950s. I can't remember what exact date, like the exact year. I was... Uh, 1953, Tenzing Norgay and Edmund Hillary uh, first ascended uh, Everest. But a lot of people don't know about an expedition that went to Everest in pursuit of ascending the highest mountain in the uh, in the 19, 1920s and 30s, pretty much. 1924, I think, if I remember 1924. right. 1924. I should have wrote all this down. That's right. Are you talking about, <laughs> so talking about George Mallory and Andrew... Andrew Irving. Yes, I am. Yes. Nineteen twenty-four. Nineteen twenty-four. Hilton's on his facts. So yeah, this uh, ultimately flawed expedition wanted to ascend the uh, the pinnacle of Everest, pretty much. And there's a great deal of mystery surrounding it. After pretty much, so basically, the British had been outdone to both the North and South Pole. Or they'd they'd participated in the race to those and were very keen on uh, climbing the what is known as the third pole, which is Everest. There's a I think there's a challenge where you can you do all all three poles, which is North Pole, South Pole, Everest. Um, so yeah, they went on an expedition headed by uh, a guy called Charles Bruce up to Everest in the nineteen twenty four in nineteen twenty four. Uh, it took a while to get there. I mean, you have to imagine like. Back in this day, they didn't have any of this North Face, Hype Beast, uh, Nupsy jackets and all this sort of stuff. They were like literally where, up there in his Supreme and his fucking uh, <laughs> Arcturex hard shell. Nah, he's up there. Tank. They're all up there in their like fleece clothes, the animal hide shirts and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, they get, they get up there. Um, they set up a couple of camps along the way as they go up the hill. The mountain ascending from the north side, which isn't the uh, isn't the nor the the normal route that is done these days, because at that point Nepal was uh, cut off from outsiders, so they ascended from the ch- Chinese side and were given ac- given access. So there were three attempts to reach the pole, the uh, the summit of the mountain. The first two aren't as aren't as interesting as the third, so I think I'm just going to skip over them. But yes, the third was made by, as you said, Hilton, Mallory and Irvin. Irvine, Irvin. Uh, go with Irvin. Who tried to reach the summit. There was only two of them and were tried to reach the summit. Or, well, they set off on the 5th of June from Camp 4 up to Camp 5. And then you know, I think there was a Camp 6 and then they went, uh, tried to reach the summit, basically. And they they pretty much never returned and were never seen alive again. So... There's a lot of mystery surrounding this set as to whether they actually reached the summit and what, what, what evidently happened to them. I mean, the evidence we have from this point is they, they went up with a couple of Sherpas and they 
dictatorship has brought down some messages towards to to them. It's worth saying that Mallory was an experienced climber, whereas Irving was was not ex- as experienced and was chosen to go up the mountain because he knew how to work the oxygen equipment, which is main a mainstay if you're going to climb Everest because the atmosphere is so thin up there. Also, a bit of a sketch reason to select someone for an expedition climbing a mountain. It's like, yeah, you've never climbed a mountain before, but here, come up the world's largest one just because you can work the equipment. Like, surely it's easier to teach someone how to use an oxygen tank. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess so. But, like, if you look at the list of people who they took up there, it's all it's all pretty much, like, perfect. That like, none of them were, like, mountaineers. They're all, like, it says here that they were either soldiers, teachers, or, like, professionals in engineering or med like med- medicinal like doctors and that so i just i just think if you're gonna climb something like that you surely have to have a little bit more preparation yeah. i mean might as well throw yourself in at the deep end i think it was relative to like the group they were in i don't i think he i think he had done like climbing like that before but he, he obviously wasn't the most skilled climber because it's not like when we're talking about climbing it's not like going for a hike down the road, it is like you're going to be scrambling up rocks in the fucking cold with little oxygen and like hardly any safety provisions. So yeah, they went they went up uh, past Camp 6 and what they, do, they did reply with notes. Um, one of them had, well, Mallory said that he wanted to get up early and get up onto the pyramid, which is like the top, at 8 p.m. which most people think was a t- like a, a miss 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 like miswritten and he actually meant 8 a.m. because if you want to get up there it takes so long you have to like literally start at like 12 o'clock at night it's a big ask it is so basically two of them went up there and they got these messages down so one of the one of the other mountaineers in the group went up there to assist them up at Count Six. And this man was called Odell. Well, his second name was Odell. His first name, Noel. Oh. O- Noel Odell. That's sick, man. So, he went, so this guy went up to Count Six on the uh, 8th of June to make geological studies. And it was all clear whether, and this, this was about 7,900 metres. And this is like one of the main pieces of evidence. So what he says was he distinctly saw two dots on the mountainside climbing up past the, what he says was originally the second step um, after he made these geological findings. And he said that they, they ascended this a second step in about, one of them ascended this second step in about 15 minutes. Right. And that was pretty much the last sighting that they saw, well, apparent sighting of, that they'd ever see that anyone would see of Mallory and Irving ever again, pretty much. The thing is, Odell has altered Odell o- altered his uh, account of events over his lifetime because he's unfortunately he's now dead. So people were saying that no one could actually send the second step in that amount of time, as there's three steps going up towards the summit of Everest, and he backtracked on his climbers, saying that he wasn't sure if it was clear or cloudy, or whether the dots were actually people and could have been birds and stuff like that. So, like, it's not very conclusive. Wait, could have been birds? Yeah. Surely you can tell the difference between a bird or a person. What was it, a fucking pterodactyl? I mean, you never know. There might be dinosaurs up there. 
dinosaurs. Oh, I've never been up Everest myself or Everest. But we went back to Camp Six that night and waited, waited and, uh, for them to come down, but didn't, did not see them. And then because Camp Six could only sleep two, he went back to Camp Four, back down the mountain to Camp Four. And then when they did, he hadn't seen them the next day. He went, he then went back up to Camp Six and found it pretty much in the same state as it, it was when he left. So there's no indication that they'd been there? No, there's no indication that they'd arrived there at any point. Um, so he left a, a marker showing um, that they had been there, which was a cross in, black, in like a load of blankets, pretty much. And then that was, uh, they, they left the mountain back down. That was that, pretty much. That was the conclusion of the, uh, of the expedition. So the mystery is what happened to Mallory and Irvine up on Everest. Did they actually meet the, get to the summit? Or did they fail on the way up? Or did they fail on the way down? I mean, I think the interesting thing is, it's unlikely that they made it all the way up and then all the way down without having been noticed or picked up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's unlikely that they succeeded and then survived and then just disappeared. It's probably most likely to me that they managed to get as far as they got and then at some point on the way down or even on the way up, possibly avalanche maybe, because you'd have thought you'd, someone would have spotted bodies up there. Mm-hmm. They must have been covered. I don't, I don't really know how deep the snow is in areas of the sort of peak of Everest. I imagine mm-hmm. it's fairly deep. So it must be deep enough to hide somebody in or yeah. two people. Uh, I don't know. Like a lot of it might not be when it gets really cold, it might not even be snow, it might just be like a load of ice to be fair. Um I guess what from Odell's accounts he did remark that they were behind schedule, so if they he did indeed see them on the second step, which is very unlikely in the amount of time he said that they climbed it in. That it's unlikely that they would have made the made the summit. From what I've read, it sounds like people think they were more likely on the first step, as in as that could have been climbed in that time. I guess the next piece of evidence evidence didn't come until uh, nineteen ninety nine, as oh a twist. I know a twist. So a couple of expeditions had been up there, found various pieces of uh, equipment from the ill fated climb of uh, Mallory Nervin. Like various pieces such as spent oxygen tanks, and I think on one of them they did find an ice axe. And this was the ni- in 1933 they found an ice axe of Irvin's, which was 250 yards of the first step, which which was quite alarming because if that had, because that that's quite an important piece of kit when you're climbing Everest, so it's unlike you wouldn't be getting up without that. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be dropping that. Unless something had gone horribly wrong, pretty much. And then in, in 1975, a Chinese mountaineer said he saw an English dead body at 8,100 meters, but this this was never confirmed. That's so close to the summit. That is, you know, they made it to 8,100 meters. It's only, it's like 8,850 meters, the rough estimate that I've got down here. Mm-hmm. That's pretty close. Right? Yeah, if you make it that far, you'd have to you'd have to be just absolutely mudded to not make it the rest of it. That account is, is not really confirmed because that was when China was being sneaky China, and uh, 
Would, which, of would... course, they're not now. <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. They're not. I mean, all that stuff about them re-educating uh, Uyghur Muslims is, it must be preposterous, you know? Like, I, I can't understand why. It's... <laughs> I can't understand why they want to happen, but want to hide that. And all that stuff. Our Chinese audience. I mean, I can't remember anything happening in Tiananmen Square either. Like, Tiananmen Square is not a place. It's a figment of our imagination. Imaginary, yes. But yes, so in 1999, an expedition was charted to, to actually find um, what happened to them. And they actually came across Mallory's dead body at about 8,150 metres. What they did, what they were able to do from the body was that he hadn't fallen that far, but he had sustained se- severe injuries. What they found was his right foot was literally nearly broken off, and yeah. there was a huge wound wound on his forehead. And it says here about the size of a golf ball, so it was most likely he was unconscious when he did die. Yeah, he had, he didn't have any equipment on his body, but it's unlikely that um. All his equipment would have been spent, like all his oxygen tanks. So it's unlikely that they, he would have had them on his body anyway. And then there's some stuff about snow goggles that he wasn't wearing any, which sort of suggests he was climbing in the dark. However, like there was, there are images of him having like a couple of pairs of snow goggles. So he might, they might have just fallen off. I guess the real, the real like mystery surrounding it is the, these two pieces, these two pieces of equipment which weren't found on it on his body. Which was a camera, which would have probably uh, cemented whether they actually did meet the summit or not. You thought they'd taken a photo, yes. yeah. And it was also said that he always carried a photo of his wife with him, which he would then place at the top of the uh, mountain if he did reach it. However, this was not found on his person, so maybe he reached for them. Maybe he did. And yes, I guess the other mystery is. Uh, Irvin's body's never been found so I mean it's still up there on the mountain so yeah I guess that's all the, that's all the evidence really just um, about the expedition many people have done uh, like tests as to, to see whether the, with the equipment they had and the sort of area they were climbing whether it was possible for them to reach up there with their ability and their, and their equipment Cold training tests, like wearing the same clothes they were wearing, and yeah, and like done and rate and like tried to rate the uh, the climbings because climbings have a load of ratings as well, which is really really complex. So I don't really want to go into that. But <laughs> what's the route one that's been climbed since? Because I know there are some routes up Everest that haven't actually been climbed because they have the de- they do have designated routes. Yeah, there are certain ones that still haven't actually been summited yet. So, like the the one main many people climb is up from Nepal, uh, which is like starts at like the base camp that a lot of people have like heard about. That goes up the it sort of like goes up the side of a glacier, and then you end up at like the head of the glacier with all like the other mountains around. So you got Nupsi and there's another one called Lost, which I mean they're all they're all names of a North Face products as well, but. That's by the by, and then you sort of climb up onto the ridge, and then up from there, up to a, uh, you climb up onto the ridge from a, to a point called North Col, and then you climb up to the, the summit from there. And then there's another, 
the other route, the other main route, which isn't done as much, is up from the Chinese site because the border runs straight over the top of Everest. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's meant to be a little bit harder, but it's still doable. Like, I'm not too well versed on that. I think you walk up like the ridge more, like on the ridge on the other side of the, of the mountain, I think. Yeah. So it's, you're not walking up the glacier as much. You walk it's more on a ridge, but yeah. I'm not sure which one I'd rather do. I'm not sure I'd do it either, considering it's the mountains covered in dead bodies and shit. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what put you off. Not, not yeah, the potential that... that you're not ready to climb Everest physically, but just mountain shit. No, I'm, I am bodies. ready. I am ready. I'm totally ready to climb Everest physically. <laughs> Different. It's just, yeah, I just don't like the amount of shit that's up there. <laughs> And dead bodies. So if we remove the shit and the dead bodies, you'll be up there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Mark my words, I'll be up there. <laughs> queuing, queuing for the top. Because people literally queue for the top. Like, it gets busy at some points. So they're literally queuing to get that photo uh, photo that's, opportunity. I mean, that is so depressing, that is. It it's is, really. Touristy. Like, that's the thing. It's become such a tour. It's like, I guess we didn't say that before, but, like, it's become so touristy that people just think it's just like a, a thing that anyone can do, whereas you have to be very fit and very and very healthy. Like you could be, you could probably be fit, but if you have like a health condition which uh, that which affects your heart or whatever, and you get up to that the that altitude, like you could be you could be fucked really. So, can I add an, another element to the mystery that I don't know whether this is a genuine argument that's being made or whether this is just something I've gained from a Simpsons episode. However. I, I I suspect that this is what they're referencing in the Simpsons episode. Um, there's an episode where Homer has to climb, I think they call it the Murder Horn, which is literally just Mount Everest, but as if it exists in Springfield. Mm. Um, they make reference to like mountaineers eating each other on the mountain. Is it possible that one of the two guys who was trying to go up to the top ate the other, maybe? I don't. I don't think so. I think they had enough. They had enough provisions to to get up there. Or, um, I really. I mean, they weren't. I don't think they were up there for long enough for it to get to like that desperate. Like, well, even if they did, pretty desperate because they died. At least one of them's dead. <laughs> yeah, the other one. Other one just floated off the mountain. Like, no. Um, <laughs> but I think. I mean, that's what I guess. That's one of the other things I've been looking at into, like cases of cases of cannibalism. And like, if you're not fucked in the head, like, I think it takes a long time for you to come to the realization that you have to eat someone else to uh, to survive. Because there was that, there's like a couple of famous cases. One of them was the um, the plane crash in South America of that um, yeah. Uruguayan, yeah, the rugby team, and they took. They, it was weeks before they they decided they were going to eat, like they were going to eat their mates to survive. And um, with the Donner Party in America as well, and the um, in the days of like the settlers and that, it was it was a long time during over the winter before they decided. They literally like ate their house down before they started eating other people. So I, I, I think I don't think I'd have them. I wouldn't have the midichlorian count to to eat somebody. I just I wouldn't have that in me. I think you just have to starve. What? So if you, I mean, it's pretty hellish. But if you're stuck on a mountain. Not, I'm not saying like Everest, but like your plane crashed. There's dead, there's like dead, you're with a group of people 
dead bodies all around. Right, like, are you saying if because I'm saying I'm suggesting that like did one of them kill the other with the intention of eating them? I just wouldn't have the minerals to life. If one of them was already dead. I might be able to come around to that possibility. I I don't think that happened. I think they would have. I think they would have toughed it out. I think. I mean, they weren't. They were like a couple of days of hike away. I mean, you can go a, that long without food. Like, if they were like really stuck, like those people in like the 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 plane crash were. And there was like, and they weren't clued up on how to get back. Like, yeah, I could maybe see that, but I think, I think they like if if they had run out of food, I think they would have they would have just gone and starved for a couple of days before it turned to that. I think. Fair enough, that's that argument, but it just it just occurred to me because I saw it in like the Simpsons have such a, a habit of predicting things. I thought it would mm. be wrong of me not to mention it. I think I think something went. Something obviously went horribly wrong. I think, I think what like maybe they were tied together, as sometimes they are. Maybe like a rope broke and they fell, or maybe one of them, one of them was injured. Uh, the other one tried to to help him. Maybe he died and then he set off. But one of the other things was they didn't actually have a compass. So if it was like blowing a gale, snowblowers, you wouldn't actually know where he was going. So he might have just walked off a cliff. To be fair. Surely that's one of the things that's a must when you're going climbing Everest, a compass. I know. I mean, one of one of his letters said that, like, as I said, he got he sent letters down with the Sherpas, said he left his compass in the tent. Fucking idiot. Just like, why, why would you leave your compass if you're in, in the tent if you're climbing Everest? Like, it's like, yeah, no, I won't need that one. Pretty confident I can just navigate and build different. Maybe just thought, maybe one of them just thought, like, uh, in the polar expeditions, like was just like going out now. I might be some time. Just goes out and just commits like seppuku on, <laughs> just <laughs> kills himself to not be a burden. <laughs> Could well be the case. Maybe sometime. He just didn't want to be known as that person who didn't reach the poles and just walked off the walked off Everest. So instead, he decided to kill himself, to make a yes. name for himself, become a mystery. Then he'd be remembered. Basically, we are doing his memory justice by having this conversation. Exactly. I mean, those people who are shitting and dying all over the mountain aren't, but <laughs> to be fair, he probably shat all over as well. So, Walker, where do you lie on this? Well, I don't think he ate anyone, put it that way. Let's start with that. Nah. <laughs> I also don't think they'd have made it to the top. No, it's I just... don't think they made it to I the top I don't think either. so at all. When was it, did you say, like, 1920s? Yeah, 1924. And the next time, well, someone made it to the top was 1953. Yeah, successfully. Like, people tried to make it up before yeah. that, but the 1940s was mainly war. So, like, most of them were, like, like 1930s, of... you know? Yeah. I don't think about the war being a factor there, to be fair. Some, yeah, no one... a time difference, I think. Say if someone had done it a few years later and made it, and maybe I could think maybe they could have, but... No. Yeah. So. If you manage to do it, does it not diminish the challenge for a bit? That maybe, like, nobody wants to be known as the second man to get to the top of Everest. It's just like it doesn't have the same ring to it. So you wait for a bit, and then everyone calms down. And it's like I've yeah, scaled you, you Everest wait for a bit. You don't wait thirty years. <laughs> yeah. Well, how long would you wait? How long is enough time? Two or three years. Nah, nobody Surely would care to be like again. Yeah, but no one thought that they did make it. Like, it wasn't reported they did, was it? It's just like, what happened? Who knows? People, well, I mean, people think that they might have got there, but 
But yeah, it is like a 29 year gap between them. So yeah, so I don't, I just don't think they did. I mean, I, for the record, I'm just playing doubles advocate there. I agree. I don't think there's any shout that they made it up. I mean, I do like, suspect yeah. one of them might have eaten the other, but nah, I think that's bollocks. You know, <laughs> I think we should do like a cannibalist cannibal thing now, like a cannibal story. So it's I not really it's mystery. Fun. It's not really mystery. It's like, yeah, they did eat eat each other. You know. Yeah, but this podcast is no longer just about conspiracy theories and mysteries. It's about so much more than that. We've about moved anything. on from that. We've matured. We have. We have. You can! You can! <laughs> I hope people know what that's about. <laughs> I, I certainly don't. Like, fuck. Walker, do you know what I'm on about that? Yeah, I do. It's, uh, it's made in Chelsea, Dodsey. It's, um, it's one, one Salmon Czar, isn't it? That's the one. I couldn't remember the names of them. I don't she actually watch it. And she was like begging for him to get back with him. And he's like, I don't think I can. And then she. <laughs> I'm of higher intelligence, sir. So... Yeah, leave. When a, fresher, <laughs> when a fresher says he doesn't think he's going to be able to make it to sugar. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can. We don't beg them, we just drag them there instead. <laughs> Pick them up and take them with. Are you insinuating that people were forced to do things on rugby stations, <laughs> Alex? Fuck off, please. <laughs> Vicious rumour. <laughs> Confirmed. Former second team captain sacked in disgrace. Who sacked in disgrace anyway? Like. <laughs> this was the real reason. No, I stood down. Come on, it's different. Too fair, you, you left a legacy. You left a you're, legacy. You're, you didn't jump, you were pushed though. I jumped before I was pushed as the difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where you dump someone before you're about to get dumped. Yeah, that makes it their fault. I wish yeah, I'd exactly. done that, to be fair. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Einstein's a wonderful thing. Oh, what a beautiful morning. That's just Do, you know what? Do you know what else is beautiful? What? Gentleman's Corner! Oh! <laughs> yeah! Come on! You just love to see it. You really do. Oh, We've not had a gentleman's corner in so long because there wasn't one in the mental health episode. There was another feature that I removed because I didn't think it was. I mean, it was it was a good feature, but it wasn't it wasn't poignant enough for the episode, so it came out. What was the um, feature again? It was. So long to um, it was controversial things that are completely legal to do because you guys. Oh, yeah. said it was perfectly acceptable to bite a Kit Kat without snapping it in half. It, it, is. it <laughs> is. You are both absolute waste men for that so opinion. acceptable. It isn't at all. It, it is wrong and behaviour. You're wrong. Probably. But I'll tell you what isn't wrong, gentlemen's call. <laughs> it's absolutely not wrong. That is <laughs> not wrong. 100% allowed. There's all, it's always just a link back to gentlemen's corner. Beginning of the next show. Welcome back. I tell you what, you're welcome back to Gentleman's Corner. There's no show, just Gentleman's Corner. That'd be a terrible link. You'd need to make a better link than that. No, it would be a better link though. Nothing's going to top my Everest link. That that was the that was the Everest pinnacle. Link. It was that. It was the highest point links can go. It was the, the yeah. summit of links. Summit of links. There we go. Um, yes. So I said beforehand that I've got a Gentleman's Corner question for you. It's a slightly different scenario. Because normally it's a, a person versus a person or an entity versus an entity, and they're both defined. 
this time one of the entities is not defined i'm perfectly happy to accept that i have stolen this both from our lord and savior joe rogan and also from family guy but rogan. genuine question how many 12 year olds do you reckon you could beat up like it's a fight to the death they're just they just keep coming at you you've got your bare hands and what you can find in i think joe rogan went with what you can find in the school playground so we'll go with that as well how many do you reckon you can take you can so, use weapons that changes things well so you can like only use what's in the playground other children well yeah in theory you could use another child but not like I a i could use my alteration you, spell and make them fight you recruit me. one of them <laughs> you can't recruit the Scrap children no, the kids you could swing parts of children or a child at other children but they are all 12 years old <laughs> and i just want to i just want to know how many of them you reckon you could take out it'd be like um that part of male or female uh a mix or a mix that changes things why why does that change things alex don't do that <laughs> <laughs> we're both that male male children only Above that, we don't, we don't we don't believe in violence towards women here on the Where's John so, podcast. I wanted to ask: Are the, are these children coming in at us one by one? Is it like? Is it no, like? No. Uh, so so like Joe zombie- Rogan tried to cheat. He was like, "Okay, it's one child at a time coming," and he he said that he'd just get in the like a toilet cubicle and just start kicking. Actually, that might be Peter Griffin who said that. Same thing. They both did the same thing. Um, that's a that's a good shout. Yeah, but he said that he'd just get him, he'd funnel them so they would come in single file and then just kick him in the head. I'm talking like the walking dead. These kids just swarm on you. I, I just wonder how many you can take out before it gets to a point where you get overwhelmed. I because I can't lie. School playground, myself. did you say? Yes. Right. Where is this playground? What, what country? Are you what, like, country? what country? I feel like if it's an American school playground, there's some items you could pick up that would probably be very handy. Uh, it's an English school playground, and it's your typical. You've got a, you got a swing set, maybe. I'll allow you that. Um, maybe a slide, but so I can nothing. Take the chains off. It? It's like a, a tennis ball, a rope swing. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know why. No a swing ball. No, swing ball. Swing yeah. ball. Yeah. So yeah, you can line them up against that, and I'll just batter it. And you it can have a swing ball set. and bounce back. You can have a single racket, but you can only use the racket for the swing ball set on the tennis ball. So I can't just hit them with the racket. No. But you said I could pick up anything. Yeah, but I'm not. Now I'm altering the deal. Is this a primary Ooh. school? Or is this a secondary school? Obviously, because it's twelve year olds, it's more likely a secondary school. But you said it's just a playground. No, no primary schoolers have twelve year olds. <laughs> you never know. You answer. You answer your own question there, Alex. I just think there's going to be a tricycle about that. I could just lob at people. That's all. No, we've defined it. You get you get a swing ball, you get a swing set, and you get a slide. You don't get anything else. Can I take the swings down and then fashion like chains out of it? Get the chains yeah. off, and then like if you take the ball off the swing ball and just use the pole. Theoretically, you could do that. However, the the kids aren't going to give you any time to prepare. They're all coming at you at once. Well, it's not going to be that hard to pull the pole out and pull the ball off. Yeah, but I mean, if you try to if you try to take the the chain off the swing set as well, then that that's quite time consuming because you don't get a toolkit, so you just got to have to rip it off. 
It's like, this I'm going to get, get on a swing set and try and go all the way around the swing. <laughs> what, and then just, gonna... just keep going and then they come and I'm going to be like perpetually moving. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, they're going to just try and come, but it's just going to like, they're just going to bounce off as I'm swinging around. And then at some point I'll reach like such a velocity, I'll like take off and then like, <laughs> Go into like go to the next level, or some shit like now, that. I'm not a particularly scientific person, but I suspect that's not how physics works. What do you mean? Well, I don't think you can just keep put like <laughs> perpetually moving around the swing set. Throw the swing set at them. Yeah. No, no, you know you can't throw it at them. It's built into the ground. You'd have to tear it out of the ground. Well, plastic, the plastic bit that people sit on, throw that. That's quite heavy, you know. Like throw yeah. that. Would you kill a 12-year-old with it, though? Probably not. So, I mean, I need a number. They wouldn't be able to kill me. You if don't it's just think that... If it's just fisticuffs. But you, then, so you yeah. don't think that 100 12-year-olds all attacking you at once could pull you to the ground? Yeah, they could pull me to the ground. What are they going to do when I'm there? Like, stamp on you? Kick 100 12-year-olds stamped on your head, you'd die. Are these, are these pre-pubescent 12-year-olds, or...? Uh, it, it's it's an even mix of both. They call you gay I and I hurt your feelings. Was when I was twelve, <laughs> Dodsies, did you just say they call you gay and hurt your feelings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Fortnite dance on your corpse. That'd be the added insult. <laughs> if, they, if they if they if they kill you and there's ten or fewer of them, and then they, they floss on you. <laughs> like the, the screen zooms out, it says wasted, and you just got like hundred. 112 year olds flossing on your corpse, like. All right, go on. Let's have a let's have a number then. Walker, what can you manage? I'm coming up with a tactic here. I'm thinking you take out the biggest 12 year old first. Okay. Fat Jim. You take out. So you've taken out Jim. Big boy. And then the rest of them are going to start questioning their ability to take you down. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. So you, yeah, no, you I pick think the one who's hit puberty first. Yeah, they see the biggest guy and he's just been slotted straight away because it would be easy to beat a one twelve year old And then they're all like, oh, shit. He's going to do that to me. And they're all going to be scared. I reckon I could take on 20 12-year-olds. When you started off by saying that you were taking out the big one, then you'd have them all. 20, I feel like it's quite low. I thought you were going to go higher. Yeah, well, it depends, doesn't it? Because how long is it going to take them to realise maybe if they double-team me, I could be in a bit of trouble. It'll probably think... take a while, because they, they love a fight, 12-year-olds, don't they? So they'll hmm. just crowd around and shout fight while I 1v1 this other one. And then they'll just well, walk in one at a time. So if they're doing it one at a time, and they've not realised that three-on-one would be difficult, 40 12-year-olds would be easy. Yeah, but one at a time, I just think you could keep going until you got tired. I think it would just be a case yeah, of... Yeah, that's why I say 40, because I'm pretty unfit. So you reckon you'd gas yourself after... after oh, I'd get gassed, mate. Yeah, I'd get gassed. <laughs> Unless <laughs> I have my swing ball pole, in which case, 112-year-olds. No, no. You can have your swing ball pole. We've established you're allowed that. Oh, right, well, that changes things. I'm just going to impale them all. Impale them? How yeah. sharp do you think they are? Well, I swear they did that in no, um, Take the ball off and head. take it out, and it's just metal. If you shove that into someone enough, then that's going to go through them. 
Wasn't that in yeah, Shaun of the Dead? Uh, possibly. I haven't seen Shaun of the Dead in time. It was either that or like a um, or like a like a, a clothes one of those clothes. Um, oh yeah, clothes like a washing blind thing. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was the swing ball because the clothes thing would have been way too heavy for them to just like pick up and like stab some zombies with. So I feel like I back you being able to impale them if you knock them to the ground, but I don't think you're going to impale them standing with a swing ball set because surely they just get hit and then fall back. Or if you impaled one, then you've got a 12-year-old stuck to the, the swing ball pole. Yeah, but then you can use that to your advantage because you've got their limbs flopping about, so you just swing it around more. Do you reckon that the pole would handle that weight? I don't know. I guess it's never been tried before. Probably with good reason. Depends what it's made out of. Metal. What's hollow, though? I don't know. Like It's made steel. out of plastic polymer. If it's steel, then it, yeah, it could. Well, I don't think it is it's steel. aluminium. We'll steel. I don't think I don't think we're going to go with al- aluminium. I think we'll go with steel, just because we've got to give you some kind of a chance. It's stainless steel. Uh, it is non-stick. The uh, the question is: uh, Is it heavier than feathers? No. Steel's it's... heavier than feathers. <laughs> Dodgy, how many can you take? We've got we've we've had forty as an answer from. Walker without the swing ball pole, then what were you saying? A hundred with it? <laughs> yeah, that's too ambitious. I'll just stick with nah, 40. Nah. I I'll don't think I could with the pole. I don't think I could do that many. To be fair, you know, I was going to say something like ten or twenty, like Alex ten. said first. But I'm not very. I don't think I'd be a very good fighter. You know, I'm not I'm like Joe Rogan, and he's fucking Joe Rogan's built. And no, I'm but just... I'm, not, I'm not talking about just like you wander into school one day and you're just like, oh, they fight you. Like, you know I this would... is happening. They know it's happening. You know that you die if they win. How many can you take out? How long have you got to prep? So either way, you, I die. I will die at some point during this fight because they just keep well, coming I... and coming and coming and coming. I mean, eventually, I want to know at what point you die. Fuck it, one. Just let him kill me. I'm going to die anyway. Well, no, because... I'll get it done quick. Up... If you can take on 40, then in the scenario that you only have to take on 39, you survive having taken out 39 of them. But you just said how many before I die. Yeah, yeah I want to so know this how many. suggests that there's an win. infinite onslaught of 12-year-olds. Well, it suggests that from 1 to 39, you win each of them inclusive. How many 12-year-olds are there in the rules? Do they come in waves? No, it's not, not, it's not like, well, yes. So, because obviously they can't fight each other to get to you, so there's some element of wave. Because if they surrounded you from all directions, they couldn't all hit you at once. Because there's only an there's only like a finite surface area of you. Plus, they've not got very long limbs. The surface area of you. That sounds like some shit rom com. Like the shape of you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right, there's twelve and a half million, twelve to fourteen year olds in the. I pray to God, world. For your for your browser history, I swear to God, I hope you haven't googled how many twelve year olds are there in the world. How many twelve year olds can I smash? <laughs> yes, I have. I googled that. I think you might want to destroy your computer right now. <laughs> FBI, open up! Killer twelve year olds. It's like in Four Lions when they swallow the SIM card. It's like it can still track you from inside. You're just gonna have to like devour your hard drive. Honestly, that that movie's so funny. 
I showed it's... it to Lucy for the first time the other day, and the bit that absolutely got her was, you know where, is it Fessel? I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Is talking about the bottles of bleach. He's like, <laughs> and they've got my woman voice. He's like, what's yes. <laughs> got a beard. He just covers up his face like have twelve well, bottles of bleach, please. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that bit. And the bit where he blows up, that's so funny. <laughs> for, he's for not a martyr, he's a fucking Jal Frazy. I was going to do an impression, but I thought that's not smart. <laughs> oh, man, what a, what a film. What a great that, film. That should be on the uh, Where's Johnny Film Club. We, should, we actually do need to have a Where's Johnny Film Club at some point. It'd be so funny. Would be. so so funny. I think we just film, record our reactions to a film. Films on the list: of Four Lions. Um, what <laughs> the else? Surface area review. It's surface area review. <laughs> um, who killed Captain Alex? We have to watch that. I've never seen that. Oh man, it's. Did we talk about this last time, or was it was it in a call with? Was I in a call with you, Alex? That's where I talked to yeah, someone no, we about it. We definitely spoke about it. I'll what send it, you a. Uh, I don't, the full movies on um. Full movies on YouTube if you want to watch it, uh, Hilton. But I wouldn't. I'll send. I'll send you a link to the. Uh, I'll try and find like a trailer or something like that because it's not an easy watch. <laughs> it's. Uh, I see. No, here it is. Who killed who? Who killed? Uh, who killed Captain Alex? Original, uh, original trailer. There we go. Trust Link me, it, me. It's so. It's some of the best shit you've ever seen. Like, I'll give it a. Oh, hang on. Is this the Ugandan cinema film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that that was what it was called. Oh, I have but seen that. Yeah, he's made. With, with... He's made different different ones. He's made like several films, but that's like the most famous. Like, I've seen the one with the helicopter where the. the, the the uh, special effects are just hanging. Yeah, but it's it's like so bad it's good. Like, yeah, I'm not saying it's because like I think the thing is like when you compare cinema like that to like corporate shit, which is bad, like fucking Suicide Squad, like they're just doing it to make money. They haven't put any time into it, and it's shit. Um, I mean, like when you look at Who Killed Captain Alex. Yes, it's shit compared to other movies. It's but, heavy shit. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, you know, everyone in that movie was very passionate about what they did, and they made, they tried to make it as entertaining and uh, funny as possible with the budget they had, which was like twenty dollars. I mean, fair play to them. It's, it's a huge big hand for giving it a go. It's like he's definitely not doing it for money. He's just doing it for entertainment purposes, and I don't, I doubt, I really doubt that he thought anyone. Well, I think he says it in the director's commentary. He says he really doubt, doubted whether people outside of Uganda would have actually watched it. You know? And yet here we are talking about it on the Where's Johnny podcast because it's it's, it's very entertaining. Pure Kino, that's what it is. Should we try and get him on as a guest? I don't know. Are we that big? Uh, I think we must be. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, how big do we have to get to like have like a decent guest on? You're saying Boothie and Risco weren't decent guests? No, I'm saying I'm saying they're our mates. Like they're good guests, but like I mean someone someone who knows what they're talking about. And I'm not 
I mean, I'm just digging a, a I'm just digging a hole for myself here, really, aren't I? Do you, do you work for local council? Because I've never seen anyone dig a hole better than that. <laughs> I know I'll what you mean. Of... Let's get someone on that we don't actually know and manage to yeah. convince somebody to come on and talk about something that they're Shit. passionate about. Yeah. yeah I don't think difficult. I don't think you have to be big to do that. I think we should, I think we could just randomly try and get somebody to come on and see if we can make a good pod out of it. Might who? Well, I mean, the whole idea of picking somebody that we don't know is that we try and pick someone we don't know, so I can't really suggest someone. Well, I mean, yeah, but what kind of guest are we wanting to go for here? Well, Joe Rogan. That's yes, we're going to get the biggest podcaster in the world. I'm sure, I'm, sure he'd be, little... I'm sure he'd be game. Yeah, game I mean, recognises game. We'll supply the, we'll supply the uh, DMT and UFC compilations for free, mate. It's <laughs> fine. We'll allow him to bring his entire production staff. We'll go to him. We'll fly. We'll go to, to him. him. Yeah. We'll just end up on his podcast instead. It's fine. Well, yeah, but surely that would be more beneficial for the Where's Johnny podcast. It would get the exposure we deserve. It if would. we shared a podcast with Joe Rogan in it, it might get a thousand listeners. If Joe Rogan shared a podcast with us in it, then everyone would be like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" And then we get noticed. You know? This is huge. We should email him. Look, I was... We're on top of things now. I was going to talk to you about. Um, have you seen that stereo app? I reckon we should do something on that. I think that'd be so funny. That'd be the a what? great one. So there's so there's that Walker. I think. Well, I saw Will Will and E use it first, and then I saw it on another video, and it's like, uh, it's like live, live, like um, live, live podcasts basically. Yeah. It. And then yeah, so like you basically just set up like a group, and then like people send like voice notes to you and then it plays them within the recording and then you sort of like lie like do it live and then you respond to people who have like called you and then there's like there's a whole load of like cries and shit but i think that's just to get the platform off the ground to be fair but you know we're gonna get people to do that though but actually but we could we could quite easily we could quite easily get our mates to send in questions for that one Mm -hmm. first and i think that would make for great content yeah can you do can you do more than two people, though? Because I've only ever seen two people be on it, you know? Worst comes the worst. We'll just have to wait for when we can have us in the same room. Yeah. But I'm sure you must be able to. I hope you soon. Can't be that much longer now. No. Well, it can be, but I hope it isn't. You're going you're gonna to come if here. If it's not, we'll keep, P-town. we'll keep the people entertained with uh, mix-ups and uh, fucking... Season two. Season two. We, we might as well just label two. it season two. <laughs> I think we should because the last one was what episode 10 anyway wasn't it episode 11 I think yeah it was 11 <laughs> so <annoying. laughs> that's so annoying no it's, it's okay uh, we're just every season has got 11 episodes now there you go it's, no that's just an extra special that wasn't intended to be there what you mean along with the Halloween special the, just... how many other specials do we have we're, we're the special ones really yeah, we we keep labelling every third one a special, and it makes it less special. But I don't think it does. They're all special. I doubt we'll talk about the psychedelics for another few episodes. To be fair, anyway, so it's not something I I feel like we need to revisit anytime soon. You're obsessed. No. You are. Obsessed. I'm not obsessed. You're obsessed. He's just Nothing said we don't need to revisit it. I'm not he's obsessed. Just said we don't need to revisit it anytime soon. You can't be obsessed if that's what he said. I don't care. He's obsessed. <laughs> now I've tried it. Like it's like boring. Well, it wasn't. I don't think I took a, took enough. To be fair, like 
It was just like body high. I didn't get any like visuals. And like the two things, I think it was like nice, and like I, I felt so good after like the the week after doing it. But the two things were the the um the two things were my medication run at the minute, and the amount the amount I ended up doing, and I think those two sort of combined to make it not great. So I, I'm at some point I'll probably do it again. Um, but I don't know when. I'll probably leave it a month or so, or until I'm off these pills, you know. And that's literally our attitude to recording. <laughs> a month or so, yes. We'll give it another month or so. I mean, I think we're probably drawing to a close on that. Certainly, gentle as long as long as uh, Hilton can can back me up in court if the uh, the feds come after me after I uh, after admitting to what I just did, but. To be to be fair, everything that's said on this podcast, I think we should we should put our disclaimer is purely for entertainment purposes only, everyone. Well, I think the thing the thing is, I can say I murdered five children in ninety in nineteen ninety nine, but I obviously didn't. So I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like, you have no proof. I might be just a serial liar, which I don't know. You know, you never know. A serial liar and only able to beat up ten children at once. Yeah, pretty much. Disgrace will be over. For the record, I don't know how many I could do. Well, you, oh, you must have an opinion. Well, I mean, I have my opinion. I certainly think I can do more than 10. Um, I think if my life depended on it, I think the, the, flight or, the, the, the fight or flight mechanism within my body would kick in. Yeah, I, I, cer- I, I certainly think... I certainly <laughs> think I could take out 40 plus. Definitely. Would now now I've got a question for you, Hilton. Would skinny chicken neck Hilton beat more children than uh, Big Chungus Hilton? No, Big Big Chungus Hilton would certainly have a, a weight advantage. However, he didn't have very much power. I feel like even though skinny, well, it's not skinny chicken neck Hilton now. It's just now I'm not allowed to go to the gym anymore. It's you're just slowly becoming Chungus Hilton again. You basically came down to their weight. That's what you're saying. I cut. But I've still got the power that they don't have. So mong strength. Uh yes. I I would back myself against I reckon Yeah, I feel like twelve year olds don't have mong strength. Yeah, but but we're attributing that to us. We're saying that we do, not that they do. I think I think some twelve year olds have mong strength. Like I remember playing rugby when I was twelve and there was I swear there was like some absolutely like freaks who were like fucking huge. Yeah, but that's because you were also 12. If you looked at them now, they probably wouldn't yeah, be that big. Exactly. Yeah, but the thing is, like, the, the thing with rugby, like, when you went through, like, those age groups, people people matured at different rates. So you had, like, that one kid who, when you were 12, was, like, great at rugby, but it was just because he was bigger than everyone else. Yeah, mate, I was actually get... fucked until about under 15s. Yeah. Yeah, the same. Like, I didn't have my my best rugby was when I was, like, 17, 18, I reckon. And like, but that's because I'd, I'd finally caught up with everyone else, and like, didn't have the the, the fucking huge, huge lads who, who got hit by the train that is puberty at an early age. <laughs> and like, when once you get to that age, everyone, everyone, like, they, yeah, they're still good at rugby, but they're not good because they're big. They're good because they're good, you know. Yeah, but I do feel like a lot of them drop off because they were just only good because they were big. Yeah, yeah, I think that that is still true. Yeah, but that's rugby for you, isn't it? It is what it is. It is what it is.
And on that note, I think it's time to end this start to the second season of Where's Johnny Podcast. Thank you for uh, being faithful, waiting patiently. I know there are many fans that are champing at the bit for new episodes and we're getting content out as soon as we can. I mean, I'm doing fuck all, so this hopefully this one will be out pretty quick. And the next ones will be too. We'll 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 be getting there and we're gonna we're gonna try some new things, and I'm I'm quite excited for what we're gonna. Yeah, we're do, gonna do, do new things. Let's take it in a new direction for a new season. New, we're elevating to new levels. So I'd like to thank our um, my co commentators, Henry and <laughs> co. I was gonna say <laughs> I couldn't think of the word for presenters. I was like, what do I say? Clive okay, so Martin. I'd like to I'd like to thank I'd like to thank my co co presenters. Hilton and uh, Alex and you've been listening to the Where's Johnny podcast goodbye you're so like Where's Johnny goodbye <laughs> bye <laughs> that's David. <laughs> Oh, you love to see it.